Welcome to Goodbye's Market Pulse update for 26th of April 2021. Every Monday, we provide a concise overview of the key themes driving financial markets. We're joined today by Chief Investment Officer Bernard Swords. Good morning, Bernard. Uh, Can we start with earnings? We're we're well into earnings seasons now, and and I suppose strong recovery is still driving earnings. Is that right, Bernard? Uh, Yes, we're a little over a fifth of the way through the the U.S. reporting season, a little bit lower in the euro area. But yes, those strong economic figures that we've seen in the first quarter are feeding through into earnings. So the U.S. US earnings for for the ones that have reported, um, it's more than 20% above what people were expecting. And I think we have to look at that in the context that forecasts have been rising anyway. Uh, as we travelled through the year, so people had been gradually expecting a very strong first quarter, and it's come in massively ahead of that. Um, and this is the, the third quarter of the recovery, so it, it's always difficult to measure the scale of the recovery. But you, you'd think they'd be getting a bit better at it. But it's still, you know, what what companies are actually delivering, the type of profits that they can get from the the the, the growth that is there. Um, is 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 quite astounding. Um, now it is driven a little bit by very strong bank earnings and financial earnings, which are volatile. They're related to capital markets, etc. So I imagine as we get more sectors reporting in, that level of beat will come down. But it, it's still a very large beat, and I think what we're seeing in this cycle, you know, many strange things. But one of them is just the the, the strength, the profitability of companies in this cycle. I think is going to surprise us all. And I suppose, uh, it, like in contrast to that, Ben Bernard, last week we, we had a few kind of flashpoints of concern in the market too around capital gains, uh, tax hikes in the US and, and indeed, um, some central bank moves in Canada. Can you just talk about those and, and what impact or, or any, if they are any cause con- for concern? Yes, it was a bit of a TT week, tapering and taxation, two words we don't really want to hear. Um, yes, I'd say in the United States, we President Biden is gradually rolling out the full, uh, full, se- uh, full, full second plan, um, and the second fiscal plan, which is the infrastructure spending on the one side, but then it was going to be tax increases on the other side. And he's been saying this now when he, for over a year. It was in his manifesto going into election, um, and I guess looking at it, there's nothing new that he's coming out with. So there's no surprise about what he's thinking about. So if it's the capital gains tax or whether it's the corporation tax rate. Um, and we have to remember that uh, this has to go through a long process in the, the governing system in the US. Uh, it has to get through the, the house, houses of Congress. And um, so we'd imagine there'll be huge wa- watering down of a lot of these uh, measures, both on the spending as well as on the taxation side. So if you take it, the, the, the capital gains tax from the past, any time capital gains taxes were increased, they only impacted the market in the last quarter of the year that they were brought in. So people just adjusted to that new higher capital gains tax, but it didn't seem to have any longer term impact on whether people bought equities or bought bonds or bought anything else. Um, if we look at the corporate tax, the, the amounts that we're talking about are, are still to, to earnings for the S&P 500. You know, they have them between a three and seven percent hit. Um, like at the rate that earnings are beating expectations, like that's well manageable by the, by the way the, the, the corporates are in place or, or the condition of corporates. And before we look at the impact of the spending side of that as well. So I think it's very manageable, the figures, and there are no new levels that we're talking about that we haven't been talking about over the last 12 months. 
guess the other thing that, uh, as you mentioned, was the, the tapering. So the Bank of Canada came out last week and they have said that they will be scaling down their, their purchases. Um, and people are wondering, well, what, what's the read through for other uh, countries, particularly in the, and I suppose looking at the biggest one, the US. Um, first of all, uh, it's worth bearing in mind that they're scaling down their purchases. They're not stopping. Uh, so they will still be net adding liquidity into the system. And I think we have to remember that when, when we hear anything about tapering. Um, I guess the other thing, if you look at Canada, um, the Bank of Canada owns about 40% of the, the sovereign market in Canada, which is much larger than, say, the Fed would own uh, in the U.S. So they were very aggressive buyers um, and probably put them in a position to, to try and scale down as quickly as they could. Um, I think the other factor that they point to as to why they're doing this is where employment levels have got to in Canada. So in Canada, you're only a percent and a bit below where you were pre-COVID. So they could turn around and say, well, we turned on the emergency taps to make sure we get the labour market back. We think the labour market is back. Therefore, we can pull back uh, on the QA. And it's pulled back. It's not stopping it. Um, if you translate that through to the US, employment levels are still you know, somewhere between 5 and 6% below where they were pre-COVID. So I think there's a, a long way before uh, the Fed gets into the same position and same for the ECB. It, it's a long time before we get before they get into the, the, that position. Uh, probably June would be the earliest that I'd say we'd hear from the Fed. So uh, Canada, yeah, they brought in tapering. Um, didn't cause massive dislocation in their asset markets because they're still buying just at a lower rate. And Canada, the, the economy had got to, got to much closer to pre-COVID levels and we're seeing elsewhere in the developed world. So um, eventually it happens everywhere else, but it, the timetable is, is still quite long in the other developed markets. So I suppose taken together, Bernard, and I know you talked about this uh, last week, you wrote in your top down, uh, we're experiencing kind of a strong recovery and, and you think that this is definitely going to hold into the middle of the year. Uh, I suppose people are asking, you know, uh, is it a tempting time or, or should we take profits at this stage? Yeah, yeah, very common question that's coming across. Yeah, that, that's what we try to talk, uh, think about in the top down. Because I guess if we look over, say, say let's take this quarter, like do you do, can you tactically sell a bit after a strong run and buy it back somewhere else, uh, somewhere further along? And you want to buy it back because you're still in uh, the, the cycle. It's very, very early. So you want to hold equities for a long period of time. And you're trying to wonder, can you tactically move around during that? And I suppose if we let, look at the next few months, uh, the U.S. has just gone into reopening. So we're going to get strong economic figures for the April, which will be released in May. Um, the euro area, we've seen the PMIs and in the services sector, the new orders index of that move towards 50. And that's before reopening starts. So you feel like the euro area is coiled to, to, to spark. And that probably comes in in the June uh, June releases. So we can see for May, June and probably even July that we're still going to be looking at economic data saying we're at the early stages of a recovery. So um, and that, that that's very positive for equity markets. Um, along with that, you're getting the earnings news saying that exactly the same thing. It's looking like the early stages of a recovery. And not even sort of the later stages of a recovery, it's still at the early stages. So when you have that coming in your face, it's hard to see 
big corrections in equity markets. And to make sense from a tactical point of view, you really need, oh, you need about a 12, 14% correction in markets for you to add any value by even thinking about it. Once you start doing it, you worry about it and then you wonder, should I get back in? Should I not? And oh, you can miss so many opportunities in it. You really need to be fairly confident you have a double digit correction on the way. And we just can't see that happening with the type of data that's going to be coming out over the next couple of months. So we looked at it, we thought about it, you know, yes, things have turned out better than we thought, but it's only a few percentage points. It's not massive uh, appreciation. Uh, but we, we have had good news, better news than we expected at the start of the year. We're getting economies still beating forecasts, despite economists trying to keep up with what's going on in economies. And we've still got companies well ahead of forecasts in their earnings, despite analysts trying to keep up with what's going on. So we just just don't feel that, that there's conditions there to, to, to even look at a tactical adjustment here. And again, as we've been saying in in past podcasts, it's it's more looking at the mix of equities and do we move into sort of uh, sort of later recovery type um, companies and sectors? That's probably concentrating our mind more than the the level of our equity exposure. It's great, Bernard. Very very helpful. That concludes this week's episode of Market Pulse. For further news and analysis on markets, financial planning, and investments, please go to goodbody.ie forward slash insights.